Welcome to the Challenge Solutions Podcast. My name is Caitlin and I'm joined by Macy and Cole. We are three blind students and today we're going to be discussing what technology we actually use on a regular basis, be it assistive technology or mainstream devices with screen readers. We're going to talk about it all, tell you what we love, what we don't like using so much, what's (laughs) not so useful. (laughs) And wrap up by telling you like the best things that you can use as a blind student in 2021 to get through your classes and later your job. So we're going to start off by just kind of giving you a list of all the devices we have around us right now that we use on a regular basis. And Cole is going to kick that off. Yeah, the um, I don't use as much as some other people do, but uh, I use uh, my iPhone, a Windows computer, a Mac Apple Watch, and uh, AirPods on a, on a daily basis, for sure. Those are the ones I use. Yeah, I, I think my list is going to be uh, quite a bit longer. <laughs> I use a lot of technology. So I use, of course, my iPhone. Then I have an iPad Air and a Bluetooth keyboard. Um, my Mac, Windows laptop, an Apple Watch, an Apple TV, AirPods Pro, an Amazon Echo, a Google Home, an Apple HomePod. I think that's everything that I really use on a daily basis. I'm sure I have more sitting in drawers that I might pull out occasionally, but that that's the main stuff. Oh, and I have a Brailsense Polaris that I use quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My list is going to be pretty similar to Macy's. I have an M1 MacBook Air which is my primary device. I use that for most of my schoolwork needs. I also have a Windows laptop. It's an HP Spectre X360. I have the 6th gen, the cheap iPad in a Zag Folio Bluetooth keyboard case. I use AirPods Pro as well. Those are the headphones I reach for most often when Mm -hmm. I am leaving my house or going anywhere or really doing anything on my phone. I also own a pair of Aftershocks Blues bone conduction headphones, which are the ones that I reach for when I'm gonna be walking a significant distance on my own to use with my GPS and Ira and apps like that. I have a Focus 40 that is the Braille display that sits on my desk that I use all the time with everything. And I have a Smart Beetle that I carry with me when I need a Braille display on the go. And I also have an iPhone 11. And I think that is, oh, I also have my Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. I think that is all that I use on a regular basis. I also have a junk drawer full of technology that I reach for occasionally and a BrailleSense Polaris that I use sometimes for textbooks and an Apple TV that I use sometimes for Netflix. (laughs) So I think the real question we'd be asking after this is, uh, are robots taking over the world? (laughs) (laughs) I think the answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're definitely becoming extremely reliant on them, so... Yeah, but I mean, also as a blind person, if you look at the life of a blind person today versus the life of a blind person, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, I mean, they oh, didn't yeah. have an iPhone. Imagine totally. living as a blind person without your iPhone. That's yeah. just crazy to me. I really- That's terrifying. Yeah, it really yeah that's not is. great. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I would find a way to function, but I like my well, I iron and blind square, man. <laughs> right. You have to really enhance your blindy skills. For yes. That, which, right. um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my blindy skills aren't always the most reliable. I would much rather, <laughs> ha- I would trust technology over them any day. Yes. Right. right. That's, yeah, I agree. I agree. So what do you think are like some of the uh, most useful pieces of technology and what do you like about them? Um, in, in, in that list, like if you had to take a few out of those, what do you, what do you like the best about those? So I primarily use my MacBook for everything. Like if I need to do stuff for work or school, that's probably what I'm going to reach for for most things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like voiceover as a screen reader. I prefer it over Windows. Agreed. Some people will yes, fight me, me on too. that. It won't be us. We will not be the ones fighting. <laughs> yeah. No. no. <laughs> yeah. So I, my Mac is the thing that I reach for most often. And I usually keep my Focus 40 plugged into that via USB to have braille output as well. That's for school, but just in general, my phone, I think does the most for me for like independent living skills and things. Yeah, like I think that. that's most people as well. Yeah, I agree. My Mac is the computer that I reach for. I have a window. I literally have used it for one assignment this year. Granted, I did use it more last year. When I was using Canvas, I actually preferred Windows over Mac, but this year, I I just don't. I pretty much always use my Mac. And then if you need a Braille display, I typically just, I Bluetooth my Polaris with it. But again, like you said, your iPhone is your best friend. I, I mean, I pick my phone up more than I pick anything else up. Right, yeah. I mean. Absolutely. Um, I feel like for me, now I actually, I don't know why, but I've started, I've like gravitated towards the Windows. So I, I use uh, my Windows computer more than my Mac. I mean, I use my Mac quite a bit, but I definitely use, uh, use JAWS as well. I do have a, um, a Focus. I did forget to mention that earlier. I do have a Focus 40. But yeah, I tend to use my, uh, my Windows more and I'm not even really sure why. Um, it's just one that I started using a ton during uh, this last semester, my freshman year of college. And uh, that's the one that I use for uh, going through Blackboard and uh, and stuff like that for uh, for my college classes. That's the main one that I use. And then, of course, obviously, my, my phone is definitely the thing that I use the most for everyday life. And just there's just a lot that you can do on a phone and, and voiceovers so well integrated into, into the iPhone. So Yes, and I think also, well, for one thing, of course, once you start picking up one device, you're probably going to continue picking up that one device. That was kind right. of me last year you know i had my mac but i was using my windows laptop for canvas so then i would just you know i would do a mess and work to avoid having to transfer all that over but i also think that too caitlin and i are so ingrained into the apple ecosystem i mean if they make it one of us probably has it except right. that you know right. 549 dollars airpods maxes <laughs> <laughs> no i will not buy those nope <laughs> No, no, no. But, you know, so for me, it's like, well, if I use my Mac and I find something that's more accessible on my iPad, I can just use handoff and I'm right there. You know, yep. like you can easily just switch between devices. You can pick up one device and pick up right where you left on. And that's actually one of my favorite features because it means that if something is more accessible on, you know, another device, if you want a touchscreen, just grab your iPad and have a touchscreen. If you would rather have all the keyboard shortcuts, just switch it over to your Mac. Yeah, and if you're about to Mac. hop in the car, just hand off and do phone. And I think that's one reason why I really, really gravitate toward 
my my Mac over Windows and yeah. all the Apple devices that I use over others, minus you know the just superior accessibility features in general. Right. But I really like that. You know, it's a lot to get integrated into their whole ecosystem. You really have to drop some cash on their electronics. But in my opinion, it's worth it because there's always a device that I can pick up and use and all of it's going to be syncing with each other. Working together, yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch and AirPods Pros, um, you know, all that. It's, yeah, it's awesome being able to, to move things like that. Sorry. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I am very, very ingrained into the Apple world. Like I own all the Apple things. <laughs> I just impulse bought an iPod Touch, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have an impulse buying problem. Yeah. But I am very ingrained into the Apple world. I mean, I, I own all, all the things except for those very expensive headphones that I refuse to buy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have the AirPods, there's honestly really no reason. Exactly. I mean, yes. <laughs> I told myself I refused to buy the magic keyboard, but then I impulse bought that. Um, and the worst part is half of my impulse purchases from Apple are simply because I enjoy opening the boxes. I think, I, I think you've got a problem. <laughs> no, but I do use it. I mean, I really do love the device. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a whole review out <laughs> uh, on the Challenge Solutions YouTube channel. So you can check that out if you want. Link in the but, show notes. shameless plug (laughs) but i i mean i don't really know what else to say with apple devices if you whatever you need they're going to have like if you want a computer they have a mac if you want a tablet they have an ipad and the ipad with a bluetooth keyboard is actually a really powerful device especially when you get up into the ipad pros which i don't own but i mean they they are powerful and then of course you have kind of these i think they they have these nice pyramids now where you can kind of pick the level of like power that you need basically so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah there really is a device for most use cases in the apple lineup and the thing that i love about apple is that no matter what device you get it's just gonna work like voiceover is just gonna work and you can make it kind of as complicated or as simplified as you want or need to with it like you don't have to be a voiceover power user messing with like the commander and all that if you don't want to you can just pick it up and start swiping but if you need it to be if you want your ipad with your bluetooth keyboard to be something sort of close to a laptop competitor you can have it be that if you yeah. choose to go that far with it. So yeah. I really like that it's 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 versatile and you know that you're going to get a thing that is accessible and it's going to work. No matter what Apple device it is, you can pick it up, triple click, and you're going to have speech output. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One of the one of the big things um, that I feel like makes voiceover so much better than a lot of other screen readers at least in my opinion is that it's so much more intuitive um mm-hmm. you know yes jaws sometimes cannot be intuitive <laughs> yeah but, uh, voiceover just makes sense most of the time like yes. usually the thing you think you should do is what needs to be done exactly whereas exactly. with jaws the thing you think you should do usually Isn't always the right thing doesn't do no think it's gonna do like i have flipped my toolbar to the bottom of the screen multiple times trying to do things on web pages and <laughs> it's yeah it's not good i mean i started using jaws at seven years old and i have a lot of respect for jaws and i still mm-hmm. own a windows laptop that i use 
quite a bit for certain things. Mm -hmm. um, certain Blackboard classes are just better on Windows. Better. I did mm -hmm. most of my history course on Windows last semester because the class was a mess on Blackboard and mm -hmm. it just worked out better. And I was converting so many documents in Kurzweil that it just made sense. So, I mean, Windows still has a place and I appreciate it. But even though I've been using JAWS for so long, I still don't know all the ins and outs of it. And I can't always predict how it's going to behave. And right. I still look at the user manual more often than a person should have to look at a user manual when they've been using a system for 14 years. Yeah. So, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Windows and it's a great operating system and I use it, but I very rarely, if ever, find myself looking at the voiceover user manual. Right. Yeah. Right. No. And I mean, because even like if you pick up an iPad and you know absolutely nothing and all you know is how to double tap, you can touch and drag. You can drag your finger across the screen and double tap. You know, yeah. It. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really can make it as simple or as complicated as you want. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So another wonderful so uh, competitor to the uh, Windows and Mac laptops. How do you guys feel about uh, Chromebooks? Fade to that's burn the in the fiery pit, kill them with fire. <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> disgusting that you even even mentioned it being a computer. <laughs> that was sarcasm for anyone who could not tell. Chromebooks are definitely not any kind of a competitor to Windows or Mac. I would take JAWS over Chromebox any day. Uh, but I feel like we've all been there, especially now with virtual learning and everything happening. Uh, I bet all of us have been handed a Chromebook, especially the high school students. I know it's yes. not so much mm -hmm. for you guys yeah. in college, but we all got Chromebooks this year. I just did not take mine. I, I was just like, no, yeah. thank you. I got one and never used it. <laughs> My it just doesn't work. tried to it give me work. one my senior year. And I said, I can't use that thing. So they gave me a Lenovo netbook instead. And it wasn't much better. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> I had a ThinkPad. Oh, no, no <laughs> ThinkPad. It would just randomly restart. Ugh. That might have been a Windows thing, though, because I hear a lot of good things about ThinkPads. Like, a lot of people love ThinkPads, so that really might have just been Windows, but yeah, well, that netbook was not, not good. <laughs> it was running Windows 8, so maybe, but I burned through three of those suckers in a year. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Granted, my school, this was, I had the ThinkPads in like fifth and sixth grade. So, you know, they might have yeah. improved from there. But I, I didn't have a good experience with them. I feel like if you're going to go Windows, you should go HP. Definitely, yes. Definitely HP. The HP Spectre X360 is what I have. And mine is about four years old and still running like the day I bought it. So HP is a really good brand. And a lot of people love the Dell XPS lineup, which I've had some horrendous experiences with Dell in the past, but that laptop in particular is supposed to be good. So definitely don't buy an Acer though. I had a terrible experience with an Acer laptop. <laughs> so Cole, have you had any terrible experiences with uh, specific Windows laptops you like to share. That's that's where we are. You know, really, I um, this is the this is the only Windows laptop I've uh, I've had. I've always had a Mac before this, um, and so this is and I've, you know, sometimes Jaws likes to be fickle with me and not talk to me sometimes, but usually it works itself out pretty quickly. And I mean, I haven't had any horror stories. That's for sure. Right. I'm surprised that you weren't handed a Windows laptop. I I mean, out of the gate. Usually they say, oh. A blind kid? Let's give him a Windows laptop with JAWS because that makes sense. 
Right. So I'm right. really happy that you didn't uh, get handed that like right after you went blind because I feel like that could have been really overwhelming. Yeah. That could have been I, a traumatic experience. I had a I had a Mac like previously that wasn't given to me. I just had one, and I just kind of used that oh, uh, gotcha. until until um, that thing died. And so then they gave me. I mean, it was from 2013, so surprised right. it made it to 2019. Um, yeah, that's and, shocking. My 2013 MacBook Air died in 20 at the end of. 2017 i think yeah i think it was a trooper um yeah and then uh yeah w- and then i got my windows and then i bought i bought my own mac because i still wanted one so mm-hmm. right so we've kind of ranted about mainstream technology what about assistive technology uh caitlin and cole both have focuses that you guys use caitlin has a collection of braille displays <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i pretty yeah. much have one note taker that i use so Caitlin, what have your experiences been? What do you use for what? You probably have used just about every Braille display they have. So what do you think? So (laughs) Macy makes it sound like I own them all. I really only have three Braille displays actively in use right now, although I have tested others. Right now, I use my Focus 40 for a lot of things, almost everything. That's what sits on my desk. It really doesn't leave my desk that much it sits between my mac and my windows laptop and i toggle between them with it it's mostly used with my laptops but i have connected it to my ipad in the past and then i have a hymns smart beetle that i use mostly with my phone when i am traveling because i don't want to carry my big long focus it lives in the bottom pocket of my backpack i actually carried my ipad with my bluetooth keyboard and my smart beetle and that's what I use to take notes in my college classes when I was doing classes on campus, you know, yeah. pre-plague times. Right. <laughs> and that worked out really well because it was super light and I had just enough braille to be useful, but not a huge long display. Right. Does um, it have 15 cells? Uh, 14. It's got 14. 14. Just yeah. off. Um, and then I have my Braille Sense Polaris, which... I really don't use a braille note taker much anymore. The only time I really reach for that is when I want to read a textbook in braille. Mm-hmm. And I will occasionally pair it to one laptop or the other or my iPad if I need to use a braille display, two different braille displays for two things on two different devices. And I don't want to be toggling between on the focus because that can right. get cumbersome. So that's kind of my backup display slash when I need a book reader yeah yeah i actually i only use one device for my braille display and braille note taker i use a braille sense polaris granted i will probably own a focus by the time i start college because i feel like it's good to have a device that is specifically made to be a belay the i love the polaris but the keystrokes for like when you use it as a braille display, they don't always make sense. And I've read the manual and I still don't always understand what I need to do. So, and I think also I need to play with the settings on my Mac and the settings on the Polaris. I will admit I haven't taken a whole lot of time to devote to that, but Mm -hmm. I think it is good to own a dedicated braille display. However, I am a musician, so I find myself using polaris a lot because all of my braille music is on that like Mm -hmm. devices like the focus you can't really just take a brf file and 
read it. You're supposed to be able to, but apparently it does not work. It's We've not worked great. with a couple. <laughs> yeah. So I really like that for that purpose. And also I, like Caitlin mentioned, I read my textbooks on that if I'm going to read them in Braille and I take notes on it a lot. And that's just personal preference because I'm a much faster Braille typer than I am on a QWERTY keyboard. But mm. I do actually, I have a soft spot in my heart for note takers. I think there are a lot of cases where they can be beneficial and they are kind of kind of going out. They're on the way out, but they, yeah. they are kind of near and dear to me. So yeah. yeah, I definitely am of the mindset that I think Braille note takers are kind of obsolete at this point like I'm gonna say that 99% of blind students don't have any business owning one at this point because mainstream technology is just so much better it's gonna be relevant and get updates longer and you can just do so much more with it like I use my iPad with a Bluetooth keyboard and a smart beetle and that's just as good as a note taker in terms of like taking notes and, and can do so much more yeah. than my Braille Sense Polaris can so much faster and easier that there's just no point in owning one because iPads exist for most people. However, I think they do have a place for some people. Like Macy mentioned, if you're a musician and you're reading Braille music, then absolutely you need to own a note taker. And also, if you're taking math classes, I think they have a place there because math input on note takers has gotten pretty good. It was pretty terrible when I was using it for college algebra, but I think it's drastically improved to the point of being quite good and pretty usable. So if you're taking especially a more advanced math class and you want to cut out the middleman of having someone transcribe hard copy braille or not do it all auditorily or something like that then I think a note taker is a good option and then obviously if you do want a device to just read your textbooks it's a good option but also there are cheaper options available for that and I mean if I wanted to I could use my focus with my iPad for that too I just have Mm -hmm. a Polaris so I use it but I, I think they still have their place in some circumstances, but I'm going to say that for most people, you have no business spending $7,000 on a Braille note taker because mainstream tech can do it all better. Put that into iPad, smart beat on a keyboard. Well, I mean, you said 99% of students. I would probably say the number's more like 75 to 80% of students because also, okay, as far as a teacher goes or a student, If you, as a blind student, or if you're a blind student, if you're a teacher, is having trouble with spelling, phonics, you know, those kind of things, I feel like it's good for their hands to be on Braille. Also, the math, it really is. Like, with the... I think the Braille is ahead of the Braille note in this category as far as everything that I've heard. But when I used my BrailleSense Polaris for college algebra, I could literally type equations into their smart uh, scientific calculator and I could print the graphs. I could put the graphs for the equations I had on my assignments. I could just put them in the Word doc with it. So then the teacher saw that and that was really, really nice because usually that's something that you'd have to, I don't know, make wiki sticks and like attach pictures to or, um, you know, and of course, if you don't understand the concept of graphing, it does have a way for you to feel the lines, but I never found it 
particularly helpful. I never really used it, but you will, you're going to want that tactile feedback of probably having it on a hard copy piece of Braille paper or pairing it with the TI-84 because um, that gives you some pretty good graph feedback. But as far as submitting your assignments, I don't know what I would have done without my Polaris. I really don't because there was so much work in that class and not even just the, the notes that I had to take. I would have had binders upon binders upon binders of hard copy Braille things that would have then had to be transcribed, not to mention that that class was online. So we would have had to have some way of getting it to, I mean, it would have had to have been transcribed, probably taken a picture of and then emailed the Ugh. picture to the teacher, I guess. And that would have taken so long. I would not have gotten the feedback I needed. So I feel like if you are taking upper level math and especially if you're doing so online, a BrailleSense Polaris can be your best friend. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I didn't have the ability to do the um, graphing calculator. You couldn't put the graphs in the document when I used it for college algebra. That was still in beta at the time, and it was not reliable. Yeah. <laughs> but if that's gotten better, then yes, I think it can be a really good tool. But also, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think Desmos is pretty accessible on an iPad now. So you can do that on an iPad at this point. I've seen people talking about doing it that way. Now, I don't know if it's as good or comparable or anything like that, but I think it's gotten usable. So yeah. we're getting to the point that that's an option. And also, you're absolutely right. I think people need to have their hands on Braille early on to teach spelling and punctuation and formatting yes, and things like yeah. that. But I also think you can do that with a Braille display and either a laptop or an iPad. Cause I mean, I grew up with the old style Focus 40 and a Windows laptop and I read Braille. I mean, I, I had my speech turned off and kind of forced myself to read braille and right, right. it was fine i think it's i think it immerses you in braille more with a note taker and cuts out all of the gobbledygook that you see on a braille display especially if you're like web browsing things like that but it's totally doable with a mainstream device as well especially an ipad you can shut up voiceover on an ipad and connect a braille display and yes yep. have a pretty good experience with it with the focus yeah. Right. But also, when you talk about doing math on an iPad, you're not going to get Nimeth Braille feedback when you do that. So, I mean, yes, it works and it is an option. And if you're confident enough in your math skills that you can, you know, type your math out on a keyboard and know what's going on and keep track of that, then that, mm -hmm. absolutely, you know, you definitely should not buy a note taker that you don't need. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you think you're of capable course. of using mainstream technology, always use mainstream technology. Yeah, do whatever but you're I, comfortable with. I do think that people are kind of pushing note takers out the door. And I agree. I mean, I don't use a note taker as much as... I use a computer or an iPad or an iPhone or any yep. of my other technology, but I still do find myself using it on a daily basis. And especially again, you know, musicians and <laughs> people that need to be able to read BRF files, people that enjoy typing in Braille and not worrying about formatting and things like that. It, it is a good option. It's yeah. something that's good to have in your toolbox. I definitely think it is a good option. I think you can use Nimeth on an iPad, though. I am pretty sure I've seen an option to output equations in Nimeth code somewhere. Now, it might be terrible. But I think it's terrible. I think you can do it. I I'm going to with... add this to my list of stuff to mess with. I okay. haven't used it in several years, but I we used to I do I think IXLs. it got better. 
I think it's been improved. That's definitely something to check out then. I'm pretty sure I saw an Apple Viz. Was it Apple Viz? I saw something on the internet somewhere the other day where people were using Desmos and outputting Nemeth to a display. I think an Orbit reader. So. Interesting. I need to mess with this. I need to see if I can find the post and ask what they were doing. Because if we could get like a Desmos tutorial with that, that would be super helpful to a lot of people for sure definitely mm-hmm. so here's the uh, here's the big question right out of all the blindy tech companies you got hymns humanware freedom scientific who's superior um so i i have a little bit of an unpopular opinion with this i had a really really bad experience with humanware mm-hmm. i used a braille note apex i got my first one in sixth grade and the thing literally consumed files like would corrupt rtf files to the point that no one could open them on any device and when i called tech support they would do all the troubleshooting things never get my files back and i finally i mean i went up the chain of command to like the the top guy over it and was basically told that yeah this is a known issue we're we're working on it but (laughs) there's not a fix in the immediate future sorry about it and it's like well if your device is corrupting files for an unknown reason how can you sell this for this much money to people in school and the workforce like that's not not acceptable right so I used a Braille Note Apex through sixth grade, and then I was given another Braille Note Apex when the first one was damaged in, I think, eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, the end of mm-hmm. eighth grade, I think. And I used that for like another year and said, I'm done with this because it was doing the exact same thing. It was eating my files. I mean, I literally could not rely on it to do, I couldn't, could not depend on it to not corrupt my assignments. So if I tapped a paper on there, I lost multiple papers because of that thing. So then I got a BrailleSense U2 and it was kind of night and day. I mean, I had issues with it, obviously, because they all have their problems. I had some really weird issues with it, but it didn't, it lost like one assignment and it wasn't a major one. So I, I wholeheartedly support hymns in terms of reliability and things like that and i've had a much better experience with hymns tech support every time i've called them so i would agree with that yeah Yeah, hymns tech support is definitely better i my first note taker was actually the freedom scientific packmate and (laughs) (laughs) had very similar experiences it it corrupted things. That's actually how I ended up using that Lenovo ThinkPad. So <laughs> yeah, but also I will say that when I bought the BrailleSense Polaris, okay, I got my BrailleSense U2 and loved it. When I bought my BrailleSense Polaris, there were so many bugs. There were mm-hmm. so many. That was not ready to be released. That no, should have it absolutely never been on the market. And that is the terrible theme that we keep seeing in blindy technology. They release things way before they're ready. And I mean, it happens in mainstream technology. You look at, you know, iOS 13 and things like that, where people Mm -hmm. literally couldn't send emails from their phones. That was a problem. But these are products, products that should have been tested. And and they're $7,000 products. Oh yeah, they're expensive. And they're products that are being handed to people who are expecting to use them for school and work. And not only that, not to say that blind people are any more 
you know, vulnerable, but also you can't ask someone for help with this. You're, mm-hmm. I mean, people are handing these to blind students. Like, and not these, giving them any training. Right. These things should work out of the box. It, there should never be a situation where you don't know if the student did something wrong or if the machine did something funky. That should not happen in a situation. And it no. does so often. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of note takers are just more of a hindrance than a help at this point. Sadly enough, like it's hard enough to get assignments done. We don't need to be worrying about our note takers corrupting things. Yeah. yeah, Doubling the amount of time it takes. Yeah. Sadly, that happens often. I agree. The Polaris was not ready to come out. And that is part of the reason why it's been mostly relegated to a corner for me, because I mean, I'm not a musician or a mathematician. I don't need one of those i'm an english major i can do everything from a laptop just fine right so i mean i had such a bad experience with it when it was released and it was not it did not work as it was marketed it was marketed to be sort of like a fully functional android tablet you could download apps from the play store and you can download those apps but using them is not good android apps are not made to be used from a keyboard and the thing doesn't have a touch screen mm-hmm. and yeah. it just does right. not work like they thought it was going to work and it doesn't work well and while you technically can get stuff done i'm not going to reach for that when i need to use voice dream reader i'm going to reach for my ipad because it's so much easier faster and that app was made to be used on a touch screen not a braille display yeah. with a janky braille keyboard that doesn't actually type well I've had a lot of problems with keyboard input, and I know a lot of people have too. Like, the keyboard on that is not great. No, it is not. Yeah, I mean, I it wasn't ready, and I just had such a bad experience with it that I just put it down and said, I'm probably never going to own another Braille note taker again because I don't need one. Right. Right. And I think that's a lot of people, and I think that's a major problem. They, they, they needed to sort out their market. They needed to sort out so many things with that. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the terrible part is that it's probably the best one out there. It really is the best one out there. I am going to say this, though, in HumanWare's defense. The Braille Note... Touch? Touch? Yeah. The Braille Note Touch has a tablet embedded in it. Like, the keyboard flips up, and it actually does have an Android touchscreen tablet in it. So, Hmm. I haven't spent extensive amounts of time with this. So I'm not speaking with experience, but it is a lot closer to being a functional Android device than the Polaris is. However, the math stuff on there, I think, is inferior to the Polaris. Polaris, You basically have to learn another code, I think, to use it. Like, it's, it's really weird to do math input on. And also, I've heard some stories about it still corrupting documents with the exception converter access violation error Mm -hmm. that was present in 2012 and that is unacceptable i'm sorry but that's not how this should work we should have dealt with that a long time ago so i mean they're ahead in some regards but i still can't honestly recommend that to any student especially anyone in the workforce but i do have friends who have a braille note touch and absolutely adore that thing and have had no major issues with it so I guess maybe it depends on the person and what you're doing with it, but. 
Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I just, I think that combining a tablet with a note taker is not a good idea at all. I mean, those are two separate devices with different purposes for one thing and another. They have no choice but to use Android, which out of the gate is not very accessible. Mm -mm. I know they've Mm -hmm. had a lot of updates and Caitlin is kind of Uh, working on that a little bit but still you know if apple were to make this i would buy it but as it stands i just i just can't Mm. i mean i don't recommend this for anything but the brown taker functionality right yeah i agree i mean if an ipad was merged with a braille display it would be great but also i mean you kind of have that. You have an iPad and you have a Braille display and you yeah, can focus. Bluetooth them and it's fine and it does everything that it needs to do. Like there really isn't a need to merge these things because at the end of the day, you can connect a Braille display to Windows. You don't need the L Braille because you can pair a Braille display to an HP laptop with JAWS or NVDA and it's fine. You don't need these note takers. Well, I think they have a place, like I said, for math and music, but you can connect a Braille display to an Android device if you really want to. I don't mm. recommend it, but you can. Yeah. Um, right. And you can connect it to an iPad or a Mac. So there's not really a need for this for there to be this hybrid device. I understand that Android is kind of used as the base system on like the Polaris, and that's great. I'm so glad we've moved away from Windows CE, but yeah. I... I really don't see a need for a lot of people because you already have that in a more mainstream form factor. So it's kind of, it's an unnecessary thing unless you have a really niche use case. These devices just don't need to exist. Literally, if someone made a Bluetooth Braille, Braille display with the ability to read and store BRFs and some form of a word processor, I would never buy a Polaris. What you're talking about exists. It's just not in a nice size. <laughs> right. But yeah. like, it doesn't need to be any bigger than the Polaris is. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be big, any bigger than a Focus. It just... It shouldn't have to be, yeah. No. Yeah. But anyway, we have ranted about Blindy Tech for a long time. So uh, the last category that I think we all kind of wanted to touch on was smart home devices. Because we all own, I have a little bit of a collection. Um, <laughs> so, so what smart home devices do you guys have and what do you use them for? Um, so the uh, I have the Amazon Alexa. That's the one that I have. I got it, um, oh gosh, it must have been like three coming up on like four years ago um i really love it um i it's just also really nice for uh, alarms I, I use it for a lot yes. um i listen to i listen to some music on it I, I still have like apple music unlimited so i don't really feel like i should spend that much money on amazon music unlimited but it's a really nice speaker like if you're actually playing music on it that thing uh can be really nice right now i'm having trouble getting my uh my alexa connected to my college wi-fi so it's kind of just sitting in my dorm room right now and i'll use it whenever i uh move back out to an apartment yeah i have an echo dot in my room an echo in my kitchen and then a Google Home, which I recently unplugged and will probably never plug back in, huh. and an Apple HomePod that I recently got to replace my Google Home. I'm actually going to have a comparison of the three going up on the yeah. channel sometime yeah. in the near future. So keep an eye out on that if you do hear all my gripes and praises for each of these. But yeah. I honestly, 
I love smart home devices, all of them. I mean, mm -hmm. most of them have the same basic functions. And like Cole said, alarms, timers, yes, spelling things, little things up on the internet. <laughs> Forgot they make that. it so yeah, much I used faster. To spell all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And actually, uh, fun fact for anyone taking algebra, they can foil. <laughs> they can. They can. It's so cool. It is. I wish it's I. I wish I had it when I was still taking like a bunch of classes that involved foiling. But I figured it out like three fourths of the way through my college algebra class that my echo could foil, and I, I wish I had known sooner. <laughs> I mean. That's hilarious. It, yeah, they do so much. And of course, for us, because everything is, you know, looking something on the internet might take twice as long if you're using voiceover than if you're just looking it up normally. So to just be able to ask, hey, you know, whatever assistant you have, what is this? Define this, spell this. It is so nice. And of course, no, for nice. music, they all speakers too. And I mean, you know, some are better than others, but in the end, if you want to play your music, you have a nice speaker. I, I really do love smart home devices. I'm so yep. thankful that we live in this era specifically for yes. smart home devices. Right. And I will say on the topic of home devices, the Apple TV, it is mm -hmm. great. The Apple TV is the best accessible option that I know of. And I really love it. I mean, the apps still have to be accessible. Some of the apps you download right. aren't, but yeah. as far like as navigation goes, and uh, Amazon Prime and Disney Plus, like Disney, <laughs> get your game together. And Hulu. Come on, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I also own an Apple TV and it is, as far as I know, I'm not going to say that it's the most accessible one, but if you're already using voiceover, then it is the one that I would buy. If you know and love right. voiceover, that's the one I would go for. If you don't want to drop that much money on a streaming box that is accessible, <laughs> um, I think you can get an accessible Roku. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's a specific version. I'm not an expert on Roku. I've messed with one like once and it was a couple of years ago, but I know they have accessibility options. Also, I believe the Amazon Fire Sticks have Amazon's voice view screen reader, which uh, makes that work. what you will. <laughs> <laughs> those have, uh, those are in all the bedrooms at Leader Dog and no one figured out how to use it. You Ugh. can use it. It is technically fine. It's just not good. I don't recommend you buy one of those if you want a truly accessible, pain-free experience. Um, <laughs> also, I think LG's new smart TVs have a screen reader in there that is supposed to be pretty good. I have a friend who owns one and doesn't hate it. So you have options there, but... Yeah, I think the Apple TV is the most accessible, or not necessarily accessible, but like the most user-friendly one, especially if you're already in the Apple world. Right. Right. Well, I guess to wrap it up, one final question. If you guys had to pick one device to use for everything, you couldn't use any other device, what device would it be? I think it has to be a phone, doesn't it? I think it has to be. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I would pick an iPhone. If you made me choose one device, it would have to be an iPhone. Cause I think you can just do the most with it. Like you're not going to be able to do everything with it, but most of what you need to do probably can be at least kind of sort of done mm -hmm. from an iPhone. Even if you don't have any peripherals, like a keyboard or a braille display connected to it, like you can do a lot of things with a phone. 
Yeah. I agree. And I mean, there's not much that you couldn't. I mean, if you had to read your textbooks with voiceover reading it or in stream, you, you could. could. If you had to make a Google Doc, you could do it. A Word <laughs> Doc, a Pages document. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it technically is possible. If not an iPhone, then what? Mm, probably my Mac. I might go with an iPad, maybe. If you told me I couldn't have an iPhone, honestly, I would probably cheat and buy an iPad connected to LTE. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then it's essentially just a big phone. Then it's a big <laughs> iPhone, and I would hate it, but I would. it would be nice because I could do yeah. everything. Right, and again, yeah, you can do, just like on an iPhone, you can do pretty much anything on an iPad. You know, you're not going to, mm-hmm. like, with the Mac, you can't make a Google Doc from a Mac. No. You can from an iPad, so. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, my device of choice would definitely have to be a uh, Chromebook. And a <laughs> 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 you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. Yes. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We have rambled about technology for a very long time. If you guys have any questions or suggestions for future content, feel free to send us an email via the contact form on challengesolutions.org or comment on any of our content across the internet. Remember that you can subscribe to the Challenge Solutions blog, podcast, and YouTube channel for more content like this. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next month in another episode of the Challenge Solutions podcast. Which, um, I mean... I don't know about you guys, but my blindy skills aren't always the most reliable. I would much rather, ha- I would trust technology over them any day. I mean, well, first of all, my Windows laptop is not. Oh. Whoa. What the heck was that? <laughs> did, did somebody just dunk on their microphone? No. I mean, I'm a band kid, but my immediate thought was snare drum. Oh no, my headphones magnetized to my flash drive. Wait, I'm still drinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Caitlin, put down the bottle. You've had enough. <laughs> this is an intervention, Caitlin. <laughs> I mean, I do you have a problem, those, but not now. <laughs> first, the first step to recovery is admitting that you have a problem. Oh, I admit I have a problem. I'm just not ready to do anything else about it yet. <laughs> you know that country song that's like, people say I got a drinking problem. I no, I don't. I don't drink. know that. But that's funny. <laughs> Well, it's basically people say I got a drink problem, but I got no problem drinking at all. <laughs> and it's not even funny, but <laughs> it just seemed appropriate. We got it. We should that clarify not that need this to be is in coffee, the not vodka, that we're talking about. I have a caffeine problem. <laughs> we have to cut. Although I am of a legal age to drink now. <gasps> yeah. I feel like this is not a topic. <laughs> no. I mean, being blind automatically gives you an excuse to, I feel like, uh, have a Right? You're the designated (laughs) drinker. You're the only one who will always drink. (laughs) Yes. Oh, dear. dear. Okay. Okay. We're off the rails. We're off the rails. We're way off the rails. The rails are a few miles away. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the train wreck we saw coming earlier? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Can I blooper that? No. (laughs) (laughs) But you can blooper that. We'll continue. Don't mind me just disappearing and coming back. The keystrokes get funky. I've...
What is that? What, what is what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Am I supposed to be hearing something? What's wrong? There was a weird noise like an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> like a meow. No, that's a cat. That's not an airplane. That's a cat. No. And we're good this time. No cats had a microphone today. Liza's not making an appearance. Actually, she's sitting on my bed licking herself. Ew! <laughs> 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 I'm surprised you guys can't hear that. It's very loud. Oh, I hope it doesn't pick up on the recording. <laughs> Three, two, one, cut. Yeah, so I... <laughs> nah, man. No. I'm ready, I'm ready, no. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm okay. ready. I can do this. If it makes you feel any better, we can hear all of your gulping. Wait, what? <laughs> no. I'm so sorry. You can probably hear mine too, though. It's fine. A little bit. This is a safe space. It is. For fragile snowflakes. <laughs> 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 oh no. Okay. Once you start laughing, you just never stop. I'm stopping right now. <laughs> and it's yep, I I knew that was a lie. I'll no, mute, I'll mute, news. I'll mute. <laughs> I'll mute, I'll mute, I'll mute, and Caitlin goes, I want more pickle juice, and I just thought that's gonna be a hilarious blooper! Right? It's some really robot sounds, never mind. What? <laughs> what? No! Sorry, I'm sorry. Robot sounds? <laughs> like what? I want to know what you even thought. You know that one episode of Spongebob where they think Mr. Krabs is a robot and he's listening to the radio and that song comes on and he's like, beep bop boop. No. <laughs> I don't know that and I don't want to know that. <laughs> oh, you watch Spongebob? Is it just me? No. I did used to watch Spongebob, but... Um, you know what I'm talking about? I mean... They think gonna, he's a robot, and so I'm gonna like, say I remember it, just just to help you feel better. <laughs> I think I should mute again. I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, you were gonna go ahead and talk about how note takers are necessary in some circumstances. Oh yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, cut. Um. No. Okay. 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 I'm ready. I should also put this keychain down, or I'm gonna keep rattling it. I need to censor myself. No, but the people the, deserve the truth. They're probably part of the people funding our mission here. <laughs> mm, gotcha. I'm Amazon. gonna cut this, and we are going to start this over. Oh, why didn't we do that when we were making that form? Because it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it works <laughs> in Google Forms. <laughs> okay, well... And I also yeah. think you have to be in the Chrome browser. I don't think it does work in Safari. Ew. So I think uh, my device of choice would definitely have to be a uh, Chromebook. And a <laughs> 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 you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs>